Welcome to episode 104 of Keep the Kayfabe. I'm Mike, sitting here with my boys, and we're ready to talk some wrestling. And what is there to talk about? Well, we're going to get you up to speed. It feels like we're just kind of in a little holding pattern or a doldrum, as you could say. uh, Because right now, there's not a ton of juicy storylines. But, you know, here on the show, we find the good. We find the good stories. And we're going to cover them all right after we introduce my boys here on the podcast this evening. So, without further ado, let's go over to Glenn, Glendale. Ugh, you're from not from Greendale. He's from Glendale. <laughs> Somebody who keeps it regal. <laughs> my guy, Steve Grobschmidt. How are you, Grabby? Uh, my music, cut my music. Mm. Yeah, baby. Don't a lot of people use that cut my music? I was well, not 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 quite like MJF. Just used uh, it tonight, yes. in fact. Mm. That is Yeah. Did. That's the tell. Yeah, we'll get there in a second, right after we introduce my guy down in Bayview. Somebody who keeps it freshly squeezed, Mr. Matt Michelson. What up, Matt? If you smell what The Rock's daughter is cooking. For those really? Our, yeah, for those of our listeners uh, who may not have heard yet, The Rock's daughter debuted in uh, NXT last night on television. Oh, yeah, I knew she was... Uh, in the program and working hard so that happened eh it did uh apparently they put her with probably one of the worst factions in nxt and that's that's really a low bar maybe it's they want to intentionally make it seem like she's really bad so that if she's actually pretty decent it seems way better once they actually you know put her on tv more but i don't know we'll have to wait and see smart interesting yeah well, and not bad to debut uh, when your dad's movie uh, gets like sixty-seven million in like the opening night or something like that in Black Adam. So amazing! Are you guys gonna go out and see that? You think? Probably not. Honestly, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, I'll admit I'm not a big DC guy, and I don't know. I just it doesn't look very interesting to me. I'll I, admit it. I agree, and I feel like I'll watch it if maybe sometimes Peacock will do this thing where they'll stream movies that are currently in theaters. I mean, if they did yeah. something like that with Black Adam, I would I would watch it at home for sure. Yeah, I think they probably will. I mean, HBO Max has like a DC hub on it, and I think they did that with Wonder Woman or something like that yeah. while it was still in theaters. But, you know, the rocks in it, they're going to try to get as much as they can before they allow it to us peasants that won't go out to the theaters i do miss that movie theater popcorn though i don't even know the story about black adam but you know when the rock's in it it's gonna make some money damn that guy's good yep sure is so awesome and speaking of good the best wrestler uh going right now mr mjf the man who is cashing in his chip uh to wrestle john moxley at this upcoming full gear uh, is pretty much the best story that we got going on right now. Like we said, with uh, Kenny Omega and the Elite uh, being out of the program, uh, WWE's just kind of doing some funky stuff. They had Bray Wyatt come back, but 
sounds like they're still figuring out his direction. And uh, yeah, just not a lot of intriguing storylines. But MJF, we saw tonight, get destroyed by his old partners, the firm that helped him actually get that chip at All Out. Um, and I'm just wondering, is the firm even cool enough to kind of get this over on MJF right now? Or do you guys think this is a work? Screams work to me. I, um, there's no, first and foremost, there's no way MJF's a good guy. The crowd cheers for him, all that, but it's not in his character to actually be a baby face. So he's acting the game. You know, he, he almost, he wanted to shake Wheeler Yuta's hand a couple weeks ago. He's wants to do it. Honestly, this is all a big setup job for him to set up both Moxley and, um, Lord Regal. Um, and I have no doubt in my mind. Yeah. And you have I, a good I, point there, Steve, too. Sorry, real quick, Matt. Uh, and he was sucking up to the people of Virginia tonight. Yeah. Who does that? Nobody does that. So it has to be a work, right? Yeah. It's totally a work. It's not, it doesn't, it, it, he's doing a great job, but it doesn't seem believable. Yeah. I, admittedly, I kind of bit on it. Um, tonight because of the recurring story that mjf's been telling for those of our listeners who haven't been watching AEW on the regular mjf has been um kind of turning over a new leaf i guess you could say or at least that's what he's appearing to do right and he's got this group called he calls the firm contracted to do his bidding but if you think about it i mean tonight on as at the time of recording on tonight's episode of dynamite we saw mjf um explicitly tell stokely hathaway the leader of the firm that if he got involved or laid a hand on John Moxley, he would be fired along with the rest of the firm. And strangely enough, the firm and Stokely attack John Moxley after the main event at the end of the show. I mean, that alone, like what kind of person being paid by someone and being told, don't do this or I'll fire you, would then go ahead and do it, right? Like what it, what would Stokely Hathaway's motivation be for beating up John Moxley against MJF's will? Like it does not make any sense. So if you look at only that piece of the story, yeah, this just screams work. Now, to be fair, I think MJF is selling it really well, kind of like Steve was just saying. We saw him come down. He gets into an argument with the firm. They then give him what is ego or all all ego Ethan Page's move, the, the ego's edge. Something like that. that, yeah. It's like yeah. A, it's like the the, the uh, razor's edge, yeah. Exactly, and then we see him get put through a table by the firm. So clearly, it's a work. But man, MJF is going all in on this, um, which makes it all that much more interesting. Like, I'm really curious when they get to full gear, how does this all unfold over the course of the match? Um, and that kind of like also makes me think a little bit about John Moxley coming into the match. But we'll we'll get to that. At, at, in upcoming segments well and it's almost like i can i can see the promo like he'll be like yeah i want to you know like i tricked you all so bad i actually let them beat the shit out of me i took all those power bombs all to fool you guys you know like he could just yeah, mm -hmm. like they because there's no way i mean it, it would suspend disbelief to say that those were fake you know like like he didn't really power bomb them he obviously power bombed him so he actually took those moves so yeah they um they got some explaining to do, but I think they will. I think uh, they did get me, though. I did. I, I did think um, it was all going to happen tonight. I thought, you know, they were beating Moxley, and I thought MJF was going to come out, pretend like hmm. he was upset, but then cash in and win the title tonight. But obviously, they're playing a longer game with that. Was probably for the better. 
Yeah, I, I agree. Um, one thing that kind of occurred to me as we're talking through this is MJF kept keeps saying as part of the storyline that he wants to earn it, right? Well, in his mind, taking a bunch of power bombs and, you know, like a couple moves from a group of guys that he's paying, you know, on his payroll, I mean, to him, that could very well be earning it. Like going through all of this to fool everyone and then pull one over on John Moxley at full gear could very well in MJF's mind be exactly what he thinks earning the title is. So And yeah. to your point, you know, his million dollar promo with Lord Regal last week, like the two of them just hit it out of the park. And the whole premise of that is you don't have the guts to go all the way, MJF. You don't have the guts. So this is also him going all the way to prove uh Regal wrong with mm-hmm. the ultimate swerve job. So it's like it just all fits nicely into the narrative, I think. Right. And I, the last thing I will say on this, I, I'm really glad, you know, if, if we're right and this is in fact a work, I, I'm really glad this is the route they're going down in terms of pulling a swerve, right? Because the one thing I think, you know, to talk a little bit about WWE over the last 10 years or so, the one thing I think they do a lot that just really irks me is they'll do swerves for the sake of doing swerves. Like there's not really any events leading up to it where you're like, Oh yeah, I guess I should have seen that coming. Right. With this, there's evidence along the way to tell you like, Hey, there, there very well could and probably will be a swerve here. So I love a good swerve. And I think this is building up to be a really good one. One last point. If you work backwards, it's like, Let's just say it isn't a swerve and MJF has to do it the hard way. And honestly, to win the title, him winning the title, honestly, at the pay-per-view isn't very interesting when you think about it. (laughs) It's like you've set up years of MJF being the snake. And then in the biggest moment of his career, he does it honestly. It's like, that's, that's actually not very good story. So they, they almost have, I mean, that would, the worst thing they could do at this point is actually follow through with him being a baby face, I think. Solid, that's just yeah. not interesting. Yeah. That's a very good point as well, uh, Steve. And that's kind of how the firm came to be, too. And they were doing it right under our no- noses, and we didn't really see it coming at all out when uh, the uh, the manager, Stokely, was yeah. handing out those cards to all those people. I mean, he was doing that for like three, four weeks right before this uh, faction came to be. So, like you said, Matt, there is some evidence uh, that this could be a work that we can backtrack on and look. And uh, I think your nose is going in the right place on this. So, yeah, I definitely think it's a work, and you bring up a good point, too, about earning it. I think MJF just making an appearance in the state of Virginia is earning it in his (laughs) eyes as well. So, he'll probably pile on there, too. So, shout out to our friends in Virginia. We love you. I think we got a lot. Word has it we have a ton of listeners from the Virginia area, so including Hangman Page. So thanks for listening. Yeah, big fans of the channel. And hope he's okay. We didn't cover it, but uh, the broadcast of uh, Dynamite two weeks ago ended with ten minutes still left of airtime, and they had to call the match short. I'm sure it's kind of old news by now, but uh, Adam Hangman Page got knocked out cold basically couldn't finish and they had to kind of call it in the ring to fill that last 10 minutes of airtime on a tuesday so pretty crazy stuff but glad old hangman's doing well yeah those guys are true professionals like 
I mean, with 10 minutes of airtime left and you get that moment where you're like, oh, crap, what do we do here? I mean, Moxley grabs a microphone, just starts talking. And I yeah. mean, he, he's done it enough where it was kind of hard <laughs> After to After he tell knocked him out. <laughs> yeah, crazy. Um, yeah, he like, had hey, to have been feeling some conflicting emotions when he started talking. <laughs> but but yeah. to his credit, he still comes out, cuts promo, and then MJF comes out and just starts playing along with him. Like, that very well could have been the post-match angle, too, for all we know. Um, but if it wasn't, hey, all the more credit to those guys for pulling it off. So um, just to talk for a minute about Hangman Page and his match with Moxley, I think AEW had a really good thing with that um, just because the whole idea behind the match was neither of those guys have ever fought each other or lost to each other, but they've beaten pretty much everyone else in AEW. And so it was really cool from that perspective, but then we see Hangman Page get, you know, like you said, knocked out cold really disappointing and i don't know if it's just these things have been happening more and more over the last year or two especially or maybe if they always did happen and we just didn't hear about it i don't know but regardless of all that it's just a shame um and then this week on dynamite john moxley takes on pentagon who and i don't know if you guys saw this and for our listeners out there if you haven't pentagon recently had a match at uh triple in triple a in mexico city that was a mask for mask match. Apparently it's getting rave reviews. I haven't seen the match yet. If you're, into, if you're into that kind of thing, go check it out. Um, Penta's Instagram uh, has some pictures from it and it looks like it was just a complete bloodbath. And I mean, when Penta has a bloodbath, it's memorable. So really cool match. That's I think part of what sparked the match this week with John Moxley. So personally, I was expecting a lot more from the match that we saw this week. Um, I feel like every time we see Penta on AEW television, we get like PG Penta, not to quote a line from MJF, but I feel like that's more what it tends to be. And the matches are very formulaic. So, you know, that's two weeks in a row that I feel like John Moxley's had the opportunity to have a great title match. And both of them have been okay. I mean, it's TV, so you're not going to expect a title change. But I mean, that I feel like is what AEW did really well in the early days, especially like you didn't know, like anything could happen and title ch- could change hands on TV. Um, and sometimes it did, but I don't know. I just feel like, you know, over the past six months to a year or so, and Mike kind of mentioned this mm-hmm. in the beginning of the podcast, things have really felt a lot more predictable. And part of it is, I think now that we've managed to watch AEW for three years, we're starting to see how they tend to book things. Like we're picking up on the formulas and the tropes they use and all that kind of stuff. And that's going to happen eventually. But I think it's on Tony Khan and whoever else is booking these shows to step back for a minute and say, okay, what can we do to make this fresh? Um, Because right now, for me at least personally, I don't know that it's really feeling that fresh. And maybe it's just the lack of storylines, kind of like we talked about. But I don't know. I guess we'll have to wait and see what happens. But yeah, hopefully Hangman's doing okay. Hopefully, you know, this thing with Penta kind of turns into something else or helps boost Penta because I've been a big fan of his for a long time, but I don't know. I kind of feel like he's hit the ceiling in AEW. He's still the trio's champion, by God. That is true. Yeah. Yes, he does have that going for him. I know. Penta is basically in there. He's like a he's like a stud, but they they always have him booked to lose. Like he'll, you know, do this arrow marrow, get the crowd going. That's all over. He'll take the glove off. He'll throw it out, put on the show, put on, do some great flips, great moves. And then it's a loss. So I, um, I feel, I yeah, I agree. I like, he's to me still, cause I don't have the history. I didn't really watch Lucha underground that much. 
Um, a fan drove this... seven hours just to see him tonight. Did you see that sign? <laughs> yeah, I did. No, I did not see that. <laughs> um, I drove seven hours to see Penta. So yeah, I just great. think he's one of the coolest wrestlers in the world. I just think his sure. look, everything, the way he acts is super cool. And I do agree. It does seem like there's just something untapped there that, you know, they can count on him to get big cheers because he's awesome. But they just, yeah. Other, I mean, and Death Triangle's cool. But you know, part of my problem with it too is that you have this badass team, Pac, who's like one of the biggest badasses in the world. You have um, Penta, and then you got Abrahantes. Like honestly, it's like taking vader when he was like at his mask smoke coming out of the mask and pairing him with jimmy hart it's like it just does not work it's just i don't know i just every time they come out and they're looking all badass with their fire and he's like jumping around like and yelling and like it, like a cheerleader it's like it's so funny it does not fit the the death triangle at all well remember sure when you... they tried uh count chocolate look with him oh my yes God. yeah we're, we're penta's doing this oscuro thing with a shovel and a grave and then you got cosplay like Ibrahantis. it was like god i mean it just it kind of kills the vibe a little bit uh it does um well, it could yeah. be the lack of his english penta that he doesn't get the big enough shot i think that's like his biggest hang-up because I mean, what 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 would be so wrong if they put the title on him? Well, right. he can't speak. He can't. I actually he can't do I these ten minute the, promos. It wouldn't be a long reign, but I do. I do. I think the AEW fans would completely accept it because he's so oh, awesome. But um, and it's also not Vince's WWE, so I don't think they'd. Uh, I think they'd they'd work around the language thing. Yeah, I right. completely agree. I, I mean, in Lucha Underground, part of the reason Penta was so over is well, one, he's super charismatic and we see that on AEW but secondly he would cut promos and he would just get so fired up that even if you don't speak Spanish you would get the gist of what he was getting at right um Lucha Underground would also include subtitles and I don't think that's something that AEW has done but I mean if you're gonna go as far as to like put the title on him um you know well that would do two things one it would probably you know, acknowledge your Latino audience. Oh, and second, for sure. And secondly, you'd have subtitles on there. I mean, for anybody, you could do that. And you could even have them up in the arena. Like, there's ways to make it work, right? And I think having Abrahantes be like his translator or, you know, hype guy was a great move in the beginning. I think they jumped the shark with it a little bit. But yeah, you have a couple totally options, agree. right? And so, I don't know. Maybe maybe AEW needs to do something a little more bold with Penta. Um, and they have options, but yeah, hopefully they pull the trigger on one of them. I think it's more likely, and again, I'm not saying it's likely. I'm just saying it's more likely that if they were to do what you just described, they'd put the title on uh, Ray Phoenix. Yeah, I-, I could see that too. Totally. Both are very well deserving, put their time in and... Still got a lot left in the tank to entertain us. Absolutely. And speaking of entertaining, there was a really entertaining match between Jamie Hayter and Riho tonight on Dynamite. Jamie Hayter uh, got the win, and uh, she's looking great. We saw how over she was with uh, the crowd at All Out. And at the end of this match, the current women's champion, Tony Storm, comes out, and they have a little standoff between the ramp and ring. So that's hinting at a very nice setup for Full Gear coming up. I would say not a lot has been um, announced, but I assume these two are finally going to go at it of the Battle of the Booties. 
and it'll be pretty <laughs> Maybe. awesome. Yeah. yeah, I don't know. I mean, Tony Storm's looking like in incredible shape. She just got her new haircut now. I think even shorter. She looks like um, you know pristine. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, she looks like a million bucks. Shape. Yeah, so I don't, I don't see um, Jamie Hader taking it off of Tony this soon. Um, but that might not be impossible. The crowd's behind her. Could you see it happening, Matt? Uh, oh, that's a great question. I don't think so. Um, only because AEW in the past few weeks has hinted at some dissension between Britt Baker and Jamie Hader. I mean, they've been teasing that for months, but I think if Jamie Hader is going to come anywhere near the title picture, Britt Baker is going to stop her first, right? And mm-hmm. over the past yeah. several weeks, I think ever since Soraya joined AEW, I legitimately think AEW's women's division has gotten better. Granted, they still have one women's match a week, which is ridiculous, but the matches have been really solid. Like the match we saw with Jamie Hader and Rio was great. The last few weeks, the women's matches have all been really good. I don't see any reason that they shouldn't do something more bold with the women at this point. Like have Jamie Hader go one-on-one with Tony Storm and have Britt Baker cost her the title somehow. I I don't know how that would happen, but I think it would be the, the last straw for Jamie Hader. And given that yeah. she's still a heel, but the fans really want to cheer for her, I think it would be the perfect time to do it as well. Um, now, I don't know what that means for full gear. That's the only thing because triple you know, threat. <laughs> it could be a triple threat based on everything we've seen though. I think we're getting Soraya versus Britt Baker. Now, granted, that doesn't have to be a title match. It could just be a women's match on the card. But then who does Tony Storm face, right? Thunder Rosa is still out of action unless they bring her back and hot shot her into the title picture again. Well, she is the champion. She is. That is true. So, I mean, I guess you could do that and have a legitimate reason for it. I feel like at this point it's kind of not earned just because they've had all this time without her. They could have done a lot of other things with the women's title picture. But, yeah. So, Mike, to answer your question, I don't know. I mean, yeah, I think Jamie Hayter and Britt Baker has to happen before Jamie Hayter goes after the title. Mm-hmm. That could mean she doesn't go after the title for quite a while, though. So we'll have to see where it goes. I hate to say it, but I don't, I'm in no hurry to see Thunder Rosa come back. I just feel like Tony Storm's held the title great. I wish, in fact, I'm, I, they can't kind of retcon it at this point because they've gone with it, but. I think the interim thing is just kind of lame. It's like, yeah, too bad Tony's not just the champ right now and move on. I I totally agree. The every time I hear them say the interim women's world champion, I kind of roll my eyes at this point because, I mean, this is my take on it. I think Tony Storm has done a way better job as the women's champion than totally Thunder agree. Rosa's reign was. Now, granted, Thunder Rosa winning the title was a great moment, but I don't think AEW really put any thought at all into okay, once she has the title. What do we do to make it a great title reign, right? Um, it just kind of completely fell flat for a number of reasons. But ever since Tony Storm picked up the belt, I mean, every week, like I said, the women's division just feels like it's been really good lately. Totally, I agree with that. And uh, and what company has had more interim champions than AEW in their first four years or however many years they've been around? I mean, yeah, I feel I, like I, it's happened like five or six times by now. The only thing I like about it is at least that some attempt at consistency. It's like, okay, you didn't lose the title. You're not going to be out for years. We'll kind of let you kind of, but, but I don't know. It works and it doesn't work. It kind of made sense when they did it with punk. 
Yeah. But now this one just feels like they're doing it because they have to, but really, I don't know. Nobody knows how long Rosa's out. It's just like, at some point, can't you just strip the title from him from yeah. her and, and move if, on? But I don't know. And if you do it for one person, you kind of have to do it for everybody out of respect, because why put a title on somebody to take it off them just to put on, on somebody like, did they really? Did they really want you to be the champion anyway? So I guess it's out of respect and consistency, like you said. It's just kind of really unfortunate for the fans that we just have to, like, you know, you can never really close the book on what's going on, which makes it very hard for us guys, like, uh, keep the kayfabe here to fantasy book. Too many things to keep track of. Like these guys who've been out of action since All Out. The Elite uh steve before we got on uh was talking about how they're hinting like they might be coming back soon what's this all about steve yeah so i don't uh during similar i don't know let's say midway through dynamite they had a like at the end of a commercial break or at the beginning of one i don't remember they had um where they showed i think it was kenny omega first in some some sort of promo and then they did almost it was (laughs) almost to the vibe of like the Avengers and like, you know, people disappearing, but they did sort of mm-hmm. this like, like glowing, like where they erased them from the picture. And then they mm-hmm. showed the young bucks in a match and they gl- erased them from the picture. They showed all three of them together, erased them from the video. Mm-hmm. And they did about five, six times. And then they just ended to an AEW logo. And um, that would seem to indicate that the suspension is coming to an end and they're you know yes last week was the first time since the suspension they actually acknowledged them and i think mm-hmm. they acknowledged punk too actually um but yeah maybe they're coming back now which which i think is good i mean kind of need it yeah they we do i think about. it'll be good mm-hmm. i don't know what will be fascinating is what they do with them obviously they built an entire trios title to give to those dudes and then took them right away because of the suspension do they get back into that mix do they go like uh, Matt said? Do the Young Bucks go for the the big FTR dream feud? Is Kenny? What is? I don't know. It's weird. Mm-hmm. I guess the it's kind of yeah. It, they could pick up where they left off and go for the trios titles. I suppose they could. I I feel like that's the only option really, just because part of the reason I feel they put Kenny and the Bucks in with the trios titles is because at the time that, that Kenny came back and they introduced the trios titles it made the most sense because at the time FTR was super hot. I don't think the acclaimed were tag champions yet. So basically the entire spotlight was on FTR. So you want to keep the bucks away from the tag title picture and Moxley's doing great things as the world champion. And with Kenny coming back off an injury and stuff, it just made sense. Pair him with the bucks, you know, create that title. It's, you still got a reason to cheer for them. They still have titles on them, which you, you would expect them to have. So it made sense. Um, but now with them coming back, I, I feel like the dissension with Death Triangle and noticing how Pac has been using this hammer, but the other guys in the Death Triangle don't want him to, I, I think that's ultimately going to lead to them losing the trio's tag titles. And what you know, what better team to lose them to than the Elite? I think bringing those guys totally. back, putting the belts back on them, you're going to get some great matches on TV. Those guys would be on TV every week because they always are when they're around. So... Yeah, I I think it's the right move when they come back. Now, as far as Punk goes, I mean, there's been a ton of speculation around, you know, what what's next for him. I, I've heard reports and rumors about 
him potentially signing a deal with WWE. I I don't know enough to actually comment on it. For those of our listeners, if you're interested in hearing more about that, I highly recommend checking out either the What Culture podcast or any of your favorite online wrestling news sources. But, um, but I don't think there's a lot of meat to that. I think if Punk does come back, you know, do they trust putting him into some sort of a like another program with MJF or something? That is one thing I could see being really over. Uh, I think the way Punk handled that media scrum, I think he lost a lot of goodwill with a lot of fans. So absolutely, I think AEW's got to really be thoughtful about how they bring him back, whether it's in a backstage role or whether it's inserting him into some sort of a title program where having him come back as a heel or just like acknowledging what he did and who he really is makes sense. So we'll have to see where that goes too. But yeah, overall, I think it'd be really great if all these guys came back sooner than later. AEW really needs it. Yeah. They've been doing a good job. You know, I think Daniel Garcia did a phenomenal job filling in the void. Wheeler, Yuta, uh, Claudio. I mean, Definitely not this Wardlow and Joe team. That's for sure. No, I wouldn't bring them in. But that oh, those th- th- those names can only go f- so far, so long. I think they did good. They served their purpose. But yeah, um, the suspension needs to end. We need the elite back on just for their entertainment value. Because yeah, the well's getting a little dry at the bottom. Mm-hmm. So I'm just I'm so sick. I, I like this is. Um a rant now once again but it's like i wish they'd decide what the hell they're doing with ring of honor because mm-hmm. they just keep filling time with these guys that I'm, sh- I'm i'm sorry like the kingdom like i don't give a shit about them i'm guessing no. most aew fans don't give a shit about them right um and yet that's what we're killing our time with and it's just like either I'm sure Tony's working on something. And if he spins off the ring of honor show, I will watch it. But right now I just don't need to see these. Like, like they just keep rolling out these guys from that have meaning and ring of honor that like nobody gives a shit about. So I don't know. I'm just kind of like, I honest to God, I don't think I'm going to watch rampage because there was no match on rampage. That was like, I need to see. Yeah. I, I honestly haven't watched rampage in like at least a month, um, which is really like, unfortunate because i used to love it used to be like the wrestlers show like like the matches were phenomenal the matches were Mm -hmm. phenomenal the matches were matches you wanted to see i i agree with you steve though about ring of honor i think i think tony khan's trying to sort of straddle the line a little bit where he could either have all ring of honor on like rampage like all ring of honor people or he could have nobody, but instead he's trying to insert a few key people from Ring of Honor. And unfortunately, like none of the storylines or the characters are really that great. I mean, G- Jay Lethal and his, you know, crew of flunkies, like when they were first introduced, <laughs> were just boring as hell. And I don't think that's really changed yes. all that much. Yes, Jay Lethal puts on great matches. We know this. But he doesn't need these guys to like cut stupid backstage promo segments. Uh, You think about how big AEW's roster is, and not even Ring of Honor, but just AEW. Taking away one minute from Jay Lethal and his guys and giving it to someone like, I don't know, who's somebody we haven't seen in a while? Jungle Boy? Miro? Miro? Yes, exactly. (laughs) Peter Avalon? Honest to God, I'd rather see Peter Avalon than any of these names. I drove 69 hours to see Peter Avalon. (laughs) That's that's the sign that I would hold up if I was at that rampage. So 
I was gonna say next next AEW show Milwaukee, you're making that sign. Brody but, King, thousand yeah. percent. Exactly. Yeah. So, there you go. Anyway, just to just to put a bow on this thought, um, yeah, I mean, ultimately, I don't think straddling the line is really working for anyone. It's hurting AEW and it's not helping Ring of Honor. So, I mean, I think I think the best thing Tony Khan could do is just don't air any of the Ring of Honor stuff. Focus on getting that TV deal done and use the TV time you have for your AEW guys like Miro or all these other guys that you've already established as stars. Or yeah, you got Jericho as your ring of honor champion. That's enough to keep the name alive. You know what I mean? Like everybody knows who he is. Stick with that story and we don't need to see the rest of it in another team, not ring of honor related, but it's like, why is freaking Tony Nese and Josh Woods showing up on my television every week with oh, smart Mark Sterling? Don't give a shit about either of them. Tony Nese looks like a million bucks. He's as interesting as drying paint. Josh mm-hmm. Woods could give a shit. Like, don't, again, like he's taking up time that a hundred other guys could take uh, or have another women's match, God forbid. Oh, man. Like, There's like, a I, I don't know. There's just a few handful of people that like just get all this TV time. And it's like Marina Shafir for those few weeks. It's like I totally understand trying new things, but it's like when you just know it's not working. Nobody in the history of AEW gave a crap about Marina Shafir, but like she was on three, four weeks in a row. <laughs> yep. Yeah, she's nowhere to be found anymore. Thank God. Right. Well, she she's kind of wrestling? she's kind of Nyla Rose's uh, sidekick as Nyla oh, okay. Rose is taking on um, Jade Cargill. But again, meh. Yeah. To go back to the Tony Nese and the Josh Woods guy, when you kind of have like a mid Carter that wrestles good, looks good, but there's nothing great about him. Why don't they just give him like a great name? Like something way cooler than Josh Woods, like something boring. Yeah, there's nothing intimidating about that name. Like, why don't you just call him something at least fun that you can get behind? Like the party animals. Be like, oh, yeah, Yeah. I like to party. So, yeah, I'm into the party animals. These guys are fucking good. I mean, look at that leg lock that they're doing. Look at that fucking uh, pretty Peter Avalon. Yeah, short arm Drake. Yeah, I think they gotta like give guys like that, like something more interesting than just like the vanilla. We're going to build up this monster that you've never seen before. And his name is <laughs> Kevin Miller. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. like, come on. <laughs> Neil Sullivan. <laughs> I know. This is one situation. And I mean, I hate to say it, but this is one time where I feel like Vince McMahon might actually be useful. Like, he just looks at him and says, You're the Sasquatch. And it'd be great. Yeah. I get over <laughs> the Bludgeon Brothers. <laughs> exactly. You carry hammers. <laughs> Okay, cool. Well, that was fun. Yeah. All righty. No offense to Neil Sullivan or any Kevin Miller res- uh, listeners out there of Keep the Kayfabe. But all the offense him. for Josh Woods. Get off my TV. Right. <laughs> True that. All right. Something that we still can't get enough of that we never want to see get off our TV is this acclaimed uh, versus Swerve in our glory. They're now the number one contenders again for the titles because they beat FTR this evening on Dynamite. So we might see match three at full gear coming up in just uh, a week and a half now. So um, 
what did anything speaking of those losers and their copywriting of the scissors did that even get resolved yet it got resolved last friday like they they oh, resolved it? it already yeah they like oh, they okay. resolved it in like a week and a half yeah thank god <laughs> i didn't even pay attention which actually thank god i mean i would have been okay if they never did it to begin with but uh at least they didn't drag it out for months yeah that was total okay. that was a total rampage angle too yeah as we just talked about how we haven't watched Rampage in a month, so sorry, <laughs> listeners out I there. I skim it. Bad. I skim it. But anyway, this match three should be good. Um, and, you know, just as short as the reign was for Swerve in Our Glory as the tag team champions, at least they're getting their moment in the sun with a white-hot team like the Acclaimed, where they're not just like, oh, yeah, we loved you, but, I mean, fuck, we can't deny these guys. They're, I mean, they're pe- people are going out of their goddamn minds for these dudes. So at least they're kind of, like, keeping Keith and Swerve, the people that they invested, the people that yep. they inqu- acquired, they're not just, you know, shoving them to the side, which would be, you know, very WWE-esque. But, um good for them i don't i don't think the acclaimed will lose this title and give it back to them but will they you know uh, is there yeah. any chance well there's always a chance at some point they're gonna split the team i mean every single match swerve accidentally hits keith lee or vice versa <laughs> they've been slow burning that like and i would assume they're gonna lose the rubber match and then implode but mm-hmm. it's AEW. They could drag this out another year. Yeah. And I mean, I, I really hope they don't, but that is very true. Um, I, you know, Mike, you asked about like FTR and swerving their glory and the number one contendership. Just to, I'll, I'll give my brief thoughts on that. FTR has been the number one contenders in AEW for what? Six months to a year, something like mm-hmm. that. Yet they've never gotten a title shot at the AEW world titles. And they've been very <laughs> open about that on social media too. They think it's ridiculous. So Good part of the match, part of the reason I think we saw this match this week on dynamite was to sort of say, okay, yeah, we're going to acknowledge this and we're going to put them aside officially so that we can do this three part three of swerving their glory versus the acclaimed, which pro wrestling loves trilogies. I feel so mm-hmm. we should have seen this coming a mile away. Right. And I think we talked about this. This may have been before we started recording, but my thought is FTR is going to be ultimately the team to, I think, face the Young Bucks in a match for every title in the wrestling industry. Like, they they already hold all the titles with the exception of the AEW tag team titles. I would think the Young Bucks will probably get a hold of those, and then that'll lead to the rubber match between FTR and the Young Bucks. So that's probably quite a ways off. Um, so it's probably a good thing that they lost this number one contenders match this week. But... Um, getting back to Swerve in Our Glory and the Acclaimed, I think it's going to be a really good match. Um, these teams have done a really good job at elevating each other, I think, more than anything. You know, Mike, you mentioned, like, it's great that they haven't just shoved them aside, like you said. Um, that That is very true. So I do think this is the match, though, for Swerve and Keith Lee to lose and finally implode. Because after this match is a tag team, I don't really think there's much else they can do. They've already held the titles. I don't see them beating the acclaim. The acclaimed are just too hot right now. It doesn't make sense to hot potato the title back and forth between these teams. So Keith Lee can definitely do some cool stuff as a single star. We've seen Swerve wrestle a couple matches as a singles wrestler, and he's just phenomenal. So I have no doubt that those two um, will both be good as singles wrestlers. Amen. So 
I love where your head's at by having Swerve in our glory implode. And you know, we keep bringing it up week after week how Wardlow has nobody to wrestle for the TNT Championship. There's nobody interesting. I feel like Wardlow could have an amazing story with each of either Keith Lee or Swerve Scott as a singles, however they want to go. I mean, Keith Lee is unbelievably athletic for a big man. So is Wardlow. They're both monsters. I mean, Swerve is sneaky strong. So he could go toe-to-toe with uh, Wardlow power-wise. And they're both athletic. That would kind of rekindle a little um, enthusiasm for that title that has been suffering for years, it feels like, ever since Cody touched the damn thing. Or (laughs) uh, uh, Sammy and Ty had sex on it. Very disrespectful. Um so yeah, I would love. That's kind of what I would love to see. I would kind of love to see a Wardlow versus Keith Lee little story. I think it'd be fun. So I, that's I my agree. opinion. No, I I love that idea. I just to put a little cherry on top of it. Last man standing match with those two. Just oh, imagine man. Wardlow getting buried in rubble and then just bursting out of it with that look oh. on his face when he flexes. Oh, take my money. Keith Lee might have a heart attack. <laughs> I don't know. He's so big. He's, he's so massive, he is, but he's the, so good. Yeah, yeah. I don't know how he can wrestle for more than a half hour, but he's amazing. He's amazing. Mm-hmm. But yeah, um, honestly, thinking- I like your train of thought there. I honestly think Swerve could have a hell of a feud with Wardlow too because mm-hmm. he's so damn. And one, he can. He's just phenomenal. But two, mm-hmm. he's so damn like slimy. Like not slimy. It's not the right word. He's kind of cunning like he's the mm-hmm. type of guy that could beat Wardlow, like like slightly yeah. underhanded so i mean yeah both well, those guys could do money with that and just to pull back the curtain a little bit uh swerve is so used to working with a big man right now in tandem yep. with keith lee doing all like like sometimes swerve like runs up the back of keith lee and or yep. like you know does a backflip off the guy's chest I can only imagine the creativity that those two could come up with. So, Tony Khan, if you're listening, book the damn thing. You need it for that TNT title. So, awesome, boys. Well, it's getting kind of late in the evening here. Uh, Let's get to the mailbag for a promo of the week before we wrap it up. So, what do we have here? This one comes from Al Florience from Wauwatosa, Wisconsin, just down the street. He says, today is my birthday, and my only wish is that you play this Hulk Hogan flower shop promo. Thank you, guys. (laughs) Keep podcasting the wrestling stuff. Awesome, Al. Thanks for listening. Uh, Hope to bump into you someday here. Uh, Keep the great promos coming. And if you have a great promo, send it to us at keepthecavefabe414 at gmail.com or just DM us at Instagram or Facebook. So... This is the flower, uh, the flower shop promo. Bobby the Brain Heenan, Hulk Hogan. This is from 1986. Mm. Can't wait to see this one. Let's take a listen. And now, here's your host of the flower shop, adorable Adrian. Hello, how are you, my friend? Oh. Today on the flower shop, I might say this week on the flower shop, we have a very special guest, Mr. Bobby the Brain Heenan. How are you? Fine, Adrian. You know, I'd like to say something right here and now. You hold it. No more will anybody see Andre the Giant. He is history. He is gone from professional wrestling. 
Flower Shop promo would be that entertaining. <laughs> Adrian Adonis, you could always count on. He was hilarious. Ahead of his time. Yep. Yeah, totally. it was. 86, too. This is, I mean, this is like Hogan before he was really at his peak commercially, I think, like with the action figures and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Yep. And Bobby the Brain, just as sharp as ever. You got to love it. Thank you so much for that one, Al. Keep them coming, everybody. So, uh, Yeah. Um, it's been a great show we're looking forward to full gear coming up in just a week and a half we're going to pay attention to the car because then we have our prediction show and that's something you want to tune in for to see who the king booker will be but until then you're going to want to do two no make it three things until we get to the prediction show why don't you go ahead stay humble stay hungry and stay hard Triple H woo Cruising to a bar on the shore A picture grace the grandma